I have rarely done laundry in my life. I only submit to the chore when I have one clean pair of underwear left. I don't take them off just to turn them inside out and spray my crotch with an aerosol can and continue with my day or anything. I knew someone who did that shit. I'm very clean and usually carry a small bottle of mouthwash. I shave my head and face twice a week and every couple weeks I trim my shaft, balls, and ass. I don't know about you, but I can't stand ass hair. Growing longer and longer, uh, especially the taint area. I don't want to offend anyone that's totally into ass hair. It's someone's passion. And for those people, I would imagine that laying down under an ass bush is truly something wonderful. And something I will never know. Thankfully, every week, my beautiful wife handles laundry. And every week is the same. The day before, she'll mention clothes are everywhere and gather every washable item from all over the house, dirty or not, and head for the washer. I know when I throw on a pair of dress pants and go to the store for a moment that my pants aren't suddenly dirty. I'd return, take my pants off, and just throw them somewhere. Sure, they may end up on the chair, table, or floor, but they're still clean. Enough. It's not like I sharded in them. Yet. My wife created her own little outfit, compiled from old clothes. I'd be in the living room busy with my phone or my thoughts, the TV on as background noise, and my left palm slowly fingering my limp junk. That's laundry day in a nutshell. And on that day around noon, usually, I'll take a nap. Yeah. Growing up, laundry day was pure anguish. As far back as I could remember, I avoided doing it. My parents would do it anyway, but especially because they knew the basement terrified my brother and I. We lived in a two-story colonial built in 1909 in Ohio. I don't believe the basement has ever been updated, and I'm sure during the time I lived there, it didn't receive a thorough cleaning. Shit, there might be gold or baseball cards buried down there. But the spider's on that shit now. You know it's bad when you're slowly walking down the basement steps and the light bulb flickers, and you notice a spider dangling down five inches from your face. There were mice, too. Maybe a thousand hiding. And I knew they were there because little turds would be everywhere. Along walls. In corners of rooms. Once in the cereal box. And I don't think we had cereal after that. Droppings under the sink. And guaranteed there was some hot mouse action in the dingy room off the kitchen with the old macaroni and small bags of beans and rice. If you went in there... You hear noises all over the room and start to feel like you're the intruder. The basement ceiling was exposed with all manner of original pipes and sheet metal ductwork. There was a good wood-burning stove that was converted to a gas furnace that my father said could explode at any time. The walls down there were cinder block stones. Whenever it rained, they appeared wet because the water drain in the driveway was clogged with sediment and debris, causing two or more feet of standing water to gather against the house and soak into the foundation. 
The general aroma in that dungeon was thick black mold. And throughout the week, if not two weeks, the entire family would add to the pile of dirty clothes by chucking their shit down the basement steps. And those steps had no frontal boards. So if you slip, your whole leg could end up dangling under the stairs. And believe me, you did not ever want that to happen. Because under those stairs, I'm sure lived every bug and spider known to man just waiting for someone to slip. Clothes were under there too. Long forgotten clothes. I once sat at the top of the stairs with a flashlight. I wanted to see if the shirt I lost was under there. If it, I mean, if it was, I could maybe convince my brother to get under there and get it. I gave up after a couple minutes. But sitting there, I swung the flashlight to the wooden beam along the stairs and screamed. I sat there until my mother arrived. Showed her the beam and she said, Oh, they won't hurt you. They're only termites. So at a very young age, I was over the idea of laundry. Sometimes I would wring my shirt out in the sink and throw it back on. Fresh and clean. By the time I was ten, I could cry good and whine about anything. But I could do it longer than any kid and with no shame. Ten was the perfect age for me. I would never get hurt beyond the use of a band-aid. Even when I fell off the top bunk during sleep, I felt my entire body and head bounce off the floor. I was aware of what happened for one second and instantly returned to sleep where I laid. I awoke perfectly fine, like I'd chosen the spot to begin with. I think my brother shook me awake. I have wondered from time to time if that's what death is like. You know, I say that because I felt nothing at all. Anyway, I I was not doing laundry. I'd take a scolding if necessary, but more likely I'd get a paddle, belt, or a switch. Whatever happened to standing in the corner listening to the television punishment... They did away with that shit when I was six. But for good reasons, my brother and I faced the paddle roughly ten times. Over the knee, bare-assed. The paddle was red, as big as a briefcase and had twenty or thirty drill holes in it. And I'm sure my name was on it somewhere. Paddles were no good because I'd wiggle while over her knee. One particular day, bro and I were going bonkers wrestling and breaking shit. By the way, uh, uh, no lamp was ever safe in our house. We used to watch TV, but play catch from across the room. A real hardball baseball. Real shitty gloves. On occasion, we even had to retrieve the ball from out of the drywall because you can't toss soft for long. You throw harder, receive harder, and continue until there's a miss. There was a big miss by me, and the ball shattered an old lamp that I'm sure didn't work anyway, but my mother asked me to go outside and get a switch. This happened only once, because after this event, if I heard the word switch, I became the calmest, nicest little boy in the whole world. She often said my brother and I aggravated her. Absolutely. I mean, if we had to be inside for any reason during the day, 
It wasn't going to be good for anyone in that house. I stood in the hallway a moment thinking about Ohio in midwinter. I opened the back door and carefully traversed the ice-covered redstone steps. Immediately feeling cold and knowing I had a few minutes before I'd begin freezing, I trudged through a foot of snow in jean shorts and tennis shoes to the bushes. In the backyard, we had thick bushes between neighbors, and they were beautiful. Summer night fireflies would land on and within the bush tops on either side of the property. My father would get a fire going in a tiny pit once used for playing horseshoes. All the adults drank and laughed, and the sky had a good amount of stars, enough to look up and gaze at Orion's belt and the dippers. A very nice sky for being five miles from a still mill in Cleveland, Ohio. I was standing in front of the bushes with snow in my shoes. I watched my breath travel three feet in front of me, shaking. I picked the nicest looking branch and bent it back and forth a few times. I had to take my hands away for a moment and breathe into them. I lifted my left foot and realized my shoe didn't come with it. I began to cry as I grabbed that branch and my left foot sunk into the snow with a loose ankle sock on. I bent the switch enough to twist it free and ran straight for the door, leaving my shoe and losing the sock. My mother met me in the hallway and I slowly handed her the switch and continued crying. Thinking back now, I wonder why I picked such a good, strong branch. I should have ran in with a twig and a snowball. I was much more afraid of my father's belt, though. He almost never took it off. But when he did, it was aggressively dramatic. His arms crazily working on the belt at his waist while he peered up with a look of murder on his face, grunting and cussing. He learned that physical punishment was pretty pointless, though. The turning point was when I ran him in circles around the house for ten minutes and he gave up, put his belt back on, sat down to watch TV. By the time I was twelve, though, he was my best friend. Well, a couple hours pass and nap time is over. The TV is still on and the house smells good. She must have walked through and lit a candle as I slept. I called for her. She yelled, I'm upstairs, folding laundry. She giggled and I quietly but quickly made my way to her. My beautiful wife, bouncing while speaking. She told me these clothes she's folding was her second big load and she wants one more bigger load. Her outfit was amazing. She had a pink shirt on that said love right under the neckline and was unevenly cut just below the breasts. She asked if I liked her shirt and bounced up and down some more. Before I could answer, she said, oh, fuck, and dropped to the carpet. She threw her head under the bed. Then she went in a little further, arching her back until only her ass and legs were visible. She began slowly moving her ass from side to side. Her shorts were very tight and cut just beneath her ass cheeks. She gasped. Oh my God, where's that sock? 
Oh, here it is, she said, crawling from under the bed into her feet. When are you ever going to do laundry, Toomba? she asked. I moved in close, grabbed a handful of her ass, and whispered, never. <laughs>